0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Kingdom Dreamers podcast. We're so excited to bring you our very first guest of this podcast. His name is Scott Brown. He's a very, very good friend of Stephen and I. And he is the development director of Globe International. It's a large mission sending organization based out of Pensacola, Florida. Scott is awesome. Uh, he and uh, Steven and I just get along so well. He's one of those guys that we could just sit and talk for hours about all kinds of stuff. Typically, it's about ministry, and in this episode, we talk with Scott about how business people can be involved in the mission field, and that does not mean that you have to pack up your family, close your business, and move to some faraway part of the world. It literally means that you can be involved right now where you are with the business skills, those the knowledge you have, the experience you have, and you can use that to help spread the gospel around the world right here where you are, wherever you are now. And that's exciting. And um, so this episode is for you as a business owner, even if you're in ministry right now, look at those people in business that are around you. If you're a pastor, look at the business people in your church. Many of them probably want to be a little bit more involved. They just don't know what to do. They may not have been asked. And I would also venture to say that asking somebody that's a very Powerful business person, somebody uh, that has built a company up. You know, yes, they may be willing to serve in the in the church youth group or in the nursery or be an usher. But honestly, the best use of their skills is something that they're already doing every day in their company. How could you leverage that knowledge? How could you partner with that person and do some really cool stuff in your church? So. Those are some of the topics we talk about. I know you're going to love this episode. Here it is. Scott, welcome to Kingdom Dreamers.
1: I am so happy to be here with the both of you today.
0: This is fun. This is uh, our third episode, so we're figuring this out as we go. But this is, I, I feel like every every conversations we, we've we had could have been an episode. Recorded. And we've <laughs> talked about so many really cool things, some crazy things.
1: We've got to get better at carrying around our, our own camera
0: crew. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, okay, so for those people that... Um, how, don't know what you do, who you are. Feel free to introduce yourself and tell us what you, what you're, what you're doing.
1: Well, my name is Scott Brown. I currently reside in Orlando, Florida, and I'm a part of the leadership team for Globe International, based out of Pensacola, Florida. We are a mission sending agency, and we're actually 53 years, are 50 years old wow. this year in 2003. So we've got a good track record with some of our missionaries. That are on the field have been with us the length of our existence. How many? Well, let's see. We have, uh, I would say probably at least a dozen have been with us for 40 years. In fact, our first missionary that we sent out, I won't mention his name because he's in a sensitive area. Uh, First went out in 1969 and is still working on the field.
0: That's incredible.
1: Big projects. And I have the honor and distinction of being the director of development for GLOBE. Mm. I've held several different positions over the years, but I, by and large, this has been the most exciting and fun position I've ever held. Wow. Because you know what I get to do? I get to raise money for missionaries. <laughs> wow.
0: That's I get awesome to that come to guys that, just yeah. like
1: you and say, hey, we've got this going on. You need to be a part of it.
0: Mm, I love it. And you didn't, when we were together just a couple of weeks ago, didn't you say that you've been involved with Globe in some way or another since you were 13?
1: In, in one way or another, uh, we have missionaries on the field today that were my former youth leaders, <laughs> former school teachers. Uh, there are some cases where I am serving missionary families for the second and third generation.
0: That's incredible.
1: Don't ask me how old I am.
0: No, I won't. <laughs> well, you, you look young for sure. <laughs> uh, Stephen and I aren't far behind. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm closer to you than Stephen is, but, um, <laughs> but I'll keep ooh. silent. <laughs> You reached out to me. I don't even know how long ago it was. I could look back at my, uh, I think it was a Facebook message because you saw my book streams of income. I don't even know how I forget how you found that book, but um, talk about some of those early conversations that we had. It was around the fact that you wanted to come up with unique ways to raise money for missionaries. And you saw some of the things I was doing online and thought that could potentially be a fit. So what? How did you find streams of income, and what prompted you to reach out?
1: Well, as we as we designate so many things now in our culture, this was pre-COVID. Mm, yep. And, uh, you know, so as, as part of my role with with Globe and working with our missionaries, um, I'm constantly looking for new opportunities for income. Our missionaries, as most missionaries do, that are in independent organizations like ours. Um, are responsible for raising their own funds mm-hmm. from a pool of their own partners, their own constituency, and we work with them in opportunities to connect with those donors those partners and and look at ways for greater income for that missionary to fulfill mm-hmm. the call that 's you know that they're they're taking care of on the field mm-hmm. that God has led them to and the reality is the old way of raising money for any missionary was a church would send a missionary out to wherever they were sending them or where that missionary was called to, and they would fund them out of their budget. As years went along, those budgets became a little fractured and it became more individuals within the church that were supporting those missionaries. And that's actually a wonderful, uh, wonderful paradigm because it creates relationship between the individual And the missionary, I remember some early conversations with Stephen, you know, he's had, you know, he's had some, some church experience where he did, he didn't know the missionaries he was supporting. Mm -hmm. And that happens so many times in denominations and then in past methods, but as we're growing into a really a, you know, a a postmodern non church society in the West those relationships are decreasing. Mm -hmm. Churches taking on missionaries within their their annual budget is decreasing. Mm -hmm. And so I am constantly looking for new ways for missionaries to create streams of income. Mm -hmm. And while doing research online, looking for opportunities for passive income or -hmm. other methods, I truly believe that God led me to find you, Ryan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just just on, I, I say a whim, but I believe it was a <laughs> was an inspiration by the Lord. I reached out and said, hey, you know, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm looking for. Does this sound like anything that you're interested mm. in discussing?
0: Yeah. And I got crazy excited as soon as I read that because my heart's been mission oriented for many, many, many years. Um, and so I was eager to chat with you because I thought, man, if I can help somebody doing what you're doing with helping raise money for missionaries, I'm all in. Let's do it.
1: Well, for your audience, fast forward to February 8th, 2023. Both Ryan and Steven have been very instrumental in helping (laughs) many, many missionaries. So the process from then to today, which we'll talk about, has been life-giving.
0: It's our honor. so fun. We feel like we're bugging you with all these crazy ideas that we have. And I'll tell you, like for... I know Steven can say that he's had conversations with folks that thinks he's nuts and just want to stop the conversation. But Scott, you've never done that. You are always saying, well, we've never done it that way before. So who knows? <laughs>
2: yeah, I guess I, I'll chime in about that a little bit. The the idea of Kingdom Dreamers, I think, is to have these conversations openly. I want to say thank you to Scott, because it was the first time that in these conversations, it wasn't just a straight no It was a interesting, we've never done it that way. And then it allowed (laughs) the conversation to grow. As I was trying to find a way to take my business skills and help the church or missions or anywhere I could find the skill of use to help the kingdom. uh, I do think you kind of opened the door to say like, oh, I'm not, I'm crazy. But at least this crazy can be used somewhere where it just felt like up to that point, it was like very difficult to even have conversations. So that you just saying like Let's talk about it. Let's see why or why not was extremely helpful to me. And now that it's been over a year now since we've, mm. we've had these conversations, it's like flourished. And I just want to say mm. thank you to you.
1: We well, you know there's a term that is used in, in most mission circles and it's called BAM, business as missions, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is which is finding a business model to utilize as a ministry outreach. And some situations especially in sensitive countries that's the only way for a business to I mean a missionary to be there is on a business yeah. visa but i think what we're talking about and what we're formulating is not is not just business as missions we're turning this into business and missions
0: mm-hmm. where
1: we are we we are connecting those that have business experience, expertise, training,
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and real, realizing that they have something to give out of what God has put into them, moreover, just their financial contribution to that missionary, yeah. what they have learned, what they have, what they have raised up through blood, sweat, and tears in mm-hmm. building their own industries can be used for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it takes a partnership with someone who's already on the ground functioning and has basically the client, the audience, the customer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be able to receive the product, which is the gospel. But we fund that product through the understanding and ideas of those who have done it in a secular environment and bring it into a kingdom environment, Mm. coupling those together to bring the goal quicker, faster, and more efficiently. Because guys, you know, our our ultimate goal is all the same. The sooner all here, the sooner we all get to go home.
0: Mm. Amen. That's so good. What are some examples of missionaries that are doing some of this outside the box stuff? Is there? Can you share some? I can't. I know, and and on my out of my head, the people that I've talked to, but I don't know. I don't know what we can say publicly, Um, so I'll let you. Any examples of people that like missionaries that are in globe that have businesses (laughs) that are doing some things that are just kind of unique?
1: Well, if your audience will permit me, um, I'll I'll forego uh, stating where some of these are, and I apologize for that. It would be more effective if we could, but. Uh, please understand that there are some sensitive areas that don't allow uh, the proclamation of the Christian gospel, and so you know we have missionaries in areas of the world that are there, and and they're there on a on a business related venture. Mm-hmm. And so one in particular that's that's happening now is we had a um, a missionary family that went to the field some years ago, and we're working in basically what would be uh, the tourist hotel industry. And they were facilitating uh, an area that was a high-traffic tourist area, uh, highly desirable for uh, destination for those that were looking for adventure. And they were facilitating the needs of, of these adventurers through a, a small hotel. Um, as COVID approached all of us on a global scale, as you can imagine, their business went down rapidly rapidly. Mm -hmm. And while they have an incredible, wonderful partner base that supports them, um, the rest of their income came through this particular industry. Mm. And so it came to a screeching halt. Do you have any idea
0: of what their percentages were as far as like 100% funding, how much came from partners, how much came from the business?
1: I would say probably roughly 60, 60, 40, 65, 35, somewhere in that arena. Um, and, and there was a model they had built and it was, it was a working model and it was effective. Um, so, you know, 35%, 40% of their income, um, came crashing down. And of course, you know, the church really stepped up through the time of COVID, um, you know, globe, we saw, we saw a greater influx of giving, um, in that period of our history than any other period in our history. And so that, that differentiated between missionary to missionary, But overall, we saw an uptick. Uh, But this particular family needed, needed to cover that income. And so as they went to prayer as a family, they looked into what what they had in their own hands. Mm. Both the husband and wife had had some experience in baking and the confection industry (laughs) years ago. Uh, Some professional, but mostly just, you know, something they did as a family. But what they did was very good. And so they began to work with the locals that they had already hired on as part of Mm -hmm. their staff, retraining several of them, finding out that a couple of them had great aptitude for baking. And so they started started providing baked goods for the European and Western folks that live in that area that are doing basically the same thing, have businesses. And word got out and other hotels that were still still functioning uh cafes were clamoring for quote unquote american baked goods
0: Mm, so they were wholesaling these to the the cafes that's incredible wholesaling and delivering
1: well over a period of time it grew so much that their little small home kitchen couldn't contain and so they had to move into a little bit larger kitchen next door in, uh which was part of a, a, another opportunity that they rose now, as both of you have been uh, involved in conversations, they are purchasing a cafe in their neighborhood that is a, um, a re- there's now going to be a renovated restaurant into a cafe which will give them retail space yeah will give them open cafe space to people coming in off the street. And give them the ability to continue their wholesale business. Uh-huh. And so God has blessed them through business, a business model, but also instruction from businessmen like yourselves who have been able to speak into them, guide mm-hmm. them and raise them into the next steps of what God wants them to do. Mm-hmm. All the while using this same space, the same opportunity for discipleship. Yeah. Proclamation of the gospel. And reaching a much greater number of families than they ever could out of their original situation.
0: Do you have any missionaries that look at that? Um, that may be more old school and think, man, you guys came to go do missions, but now you're doing business and you're kind of off your your focus? Or um is there any you ever hear that that complaint you know, I, or you know, that I, observation? You know,
1: not in a, a deterrent type of manner, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we do hear that once in a while out of out of a couple. Um, everybody's personality is different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's experiences are different and everybody's training is different yeah. um, if they've come from you know, a, a different background. And so there are those that are are very fine line focused. And that's fine. If that's what God has called you to do, um, you know, I, I encourage that to you to follow the exact call that God has put on your heart. But as I have had this conversation with a couple of those type of missionaries, I say, look, I ask you to do one thing and one thing only. First of all, not to allow me to try to change your mind, your heart. But I do ask you to keep an open mind, an open spirit, and ask the Lord if there is a restructuring of the way that you should not only think, but Mm -hmm. possibly even do
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: if that is a new desire, if that is a new restructuring where you want to couple business alongside of missions,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: I am here to help. I'm here to to connect you. I'm here to resource you. Mm. So, you know, I want to leave, always leave that open because yeah. although this sounds like a really wonderful type of methodology, a viable type of methodology, if God hasn't called you to do that. Then you do that.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I have a question of clarity because yeah, uh, I don't know if I've understood this. But is there a common way for most missions to operate, and is this a uncommon way of operating? Is doing a business end a mission?
1: I don't. I don't think it would. I would consider it uncommon, especially in today's world. We and, and with the advent of the internet, um, there are a number of of field workers that have other types of income, um, which is one of my reasons for originally reaching out to you was that, you know, that there are, there there needs to be a broader awareness of availability and what's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wouldn't say that would be uncommon. It's, it would be not be the most common way, whether it be a denominational or an independent missions agency Um, You know, generally, a missionary is is called or asked to go to a specific area, and whether they do personal fundraising or the denomination is supporting them, um, that money is still coming in from individuals, predominantly out of churches connected to, in whatever manner
2: they're connected. Mm. That's the most common, lack of a better word, way that missions are...
1: I would say probably the most common, common, okay. but it's becoming
2: more of the norm for these additional income streams for missions. Well, in our world, absolutely, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: and I hope that others are as well. Sure. You know, it's it is a new way of thinking, but to be to be quite honest, it's not. I mean, if we if we if we look at the Apostle Paul,
2: yes, you know,
1: what was his side gig? You we know, He was. He, was he, he went back and made tents. I mean that 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 helped you know um there there are great examples throughout the word of of those men and women that were called by the lord doing other things
0: yeah
1: um you know i you know if you if you take a look at if you took a, take a look at, at at joseph joseph was was called to change the very face and culture of egypt mm-hmm. but he was doing a job underneath a pharaoh you know so that mm-hmm. that's the way that god allowed him to he raised him up through the ranks and put him in a position that he could have. That was his job. Mm. You know he was he wasn't a pastor. He wasn't an evangelist per se, but he he was the second in command directly behind Pharaoh. And so because of that, God used him as a vessel to change not only Egypt but the lands around him. Wow. Should that not be the way that we step into any situation that we're called to in the world? Whatever mm. God gives us to do. We do it as to him and allow the world to be changed around around us as God using, using us.
2: Mm. I, yeah, I guess I was bringing that up because it seemed, um, for me, the way that it worked was we donated and then the missions would do the missions work. But I, I appreciate the conversations that we have had where I was like, I feel like I'm bucking the trend. It doesn't feel... But you brought that same story of Paul and I was like, oh, this... That I guess is the way that... It used to work. I don't know the whole grand scheme of things, but it does seem like it's going back to a norm where it's not just sending money and sending a person, but it's sending a person with a mission and then have that be the impact. I think business is the way that I would like to aid and help more than just sending money. Um, And I think that's why I've enjoyed a lot of our conversations and Mm -hmm. then just coming at it. I don't know if the right terms are there, common, uncommon, unique, but it just is... More conversations that I like to have with you to go like, is this crazy that we are attempting to do things different than what I am used to? And then just going through even biblically and saying like, no, this is how it's been done. It's not a new thing that we're doing. It might be uncommon to if you're just going to church and not thinking too much about it, because I think I was more concerned about just (laughs) my walk. But now as I'm growing as a Christian, just thinking like, oh, what is the impact? How do I help reach more people? And it is through business, I think, because that's the talent that I've been given. But I appreciate that. I, I I guess the terms that I was trying to do is just like "What is what no, most people think is normal. And I would think most people think this is uncommon, but I don't think it is. And I think mm-hmm. you describe that very well. And it's really helped me as I move forward and try to have an impact of like, oh, this is not uncommon. It's just maybe not common to me.
1: Well, I guess as our, you know, I'll ask, maybe I'll say this to you, Stephen, is as our relationship has grown over a period of time, and I've been, you know, allowed to introduce you to missionaries, and you sit in on some conversations about business needs they have, you know, which would you rather the old way of just maybe sending in a donation to a missionary that you never met, never had the opportunity to engage with, or would you rather it be like it is is—is now that I'm introducing you? and you can ask questions and get to know them and build a relationship?
2: Yeah, yeah it's not even close. And that, you, that relationship piece is the other core piece. And it's like, you get to see the impact that's having. And advise or say a suggestion and see how things can change. It's been a wild ride for me to come along and be a part of this. And I go, oh, why isn't this more common? Why isn't that like when we do send money, we are aware of what's going on or even can reach out and talk to. And maybe it is, but it's just not talked about openly. But I think that's what part of this, hopefully for me of the podcast is like getting this into more of the norm of like, oh, I didn't even know you could do that. (laughs) Because I don't feel like I'm that, unique in like the way of how I've been operating. I think it's a more common way that people operate, but I do think what we're doing now is way more impactful. Mm Because even having the missionaries calling us and saying, oh my goodness, it's been so nice just to have conversations with you and the new ideas, and this has been changing because of, it's like, oh, that's way better than just like cutting a check and going, good luck, Jesus got it. Like, (laughs) we should be a part of this process more than just like send the money and forget, but actually be a part of it.
1: Do you, mm-hmm. do you feel like you're a part of it though? Oh yeah.
2: yeah. Okay, oh yeah, so yeah, that's,
1: yeah. that's, that's, you know, as a convert, and I knew you were going to say that, as <laughs> a question, but, but the reality is those were some of the early conversations that we had, you know, as it was, was connecting you with, with the adventure, connecting you with the call, connecting yes. with, with individuals so that, you know, I, I get to do, I get to do this every day. And, <laughs> and, you know, here I am in Orlando, Florida, sitting in my office and, you know, I'm, I'm, instructing and guiding and advising and and helping missionaries, um, you know, all over the world. So at the end of the day, when I lay my head down, I know that I've had effect Mm. in this nation, this nation, this nation. And now you're getting to be a part of that to realize that God is using you, you know, right where you are. I, you know, I tell people all the time. To, at this point in my life, and I, and I will tell my age. I'm 56 years old. <laughs> at, at this, at this point in my life, God has never called me to Kenya, Africa. He has never called me to Southeast Asia. He's never called me to Oaxaca, Mexico. I mean, you know, maybe he might at some point. <laughs> at this point, but what he has called me to do is to use my vantage point.
0: Mm-hmm
1: and i'm not i'm not directly serving just one of those areas i'm serving multiple areas every mm-hmm. on every,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, or on every mm-hmm. calendar day and so you guys are now getting to do that and so that's one of the things i want i want business people to understand yes. that they can have an effect <clears throat> on the nations and the outcome of those nations for the spreading of the gospel mm-hmm. multiplied over and over from wherever they are on the planet <clears throat> And it's just amazing to see what God is doing. Give me
0: an example. So let's say, for example, I already know how Steve and I have been helpful. Um, And this it's so fun to be that
2: way. But let's say somebody listening that's like, okay, yeah, I just, I'm, sorry, I just want to drop this in the fun. I think that was another like piece that I didn't realize. It's isn't it? so, yeah. It's so it is fun. much fun to be yes. a part of it rather than this way. Yeah. But
0: like, if I'm a business owner, let's say, I, I don't know, random, let's say I own some restaurants, for example. Um, And I like, I, this gets me excited like okay i've been giving to my church i've been giving to submissions but i can actually do more Mm -hmm. give me an example how my knowledge of running a restaurant or successful restaurants maybe you could actually if i contacted you scott and i said i own five restaurants Mm -hmm. i i manage teams how in the world can i use that business skill to help you in globe
1: well, we have we have a growing number of our missionaries who are engaging in business models uh-huh. in various place, places around the world. And so, you know, we have enough now that if, if you have a specific industry that you're involved in, a specific business, uh-huh. as, you're, as you're presenting right now, a restaurant, uh-huh. um, I would just have a, a simple conversation with you and say,
0: yeah. first
1: of all, what do you want to do? Yeah. what is it that God's laid on your heart? And you would say to me, you know I have these experiences. I have I have these these things that I've done over the past 25 years. I've built a wonderful restaurant uh, industry, a wonderful chain of restaurants, you know uh, I'm involved in, in raising up quality staff for each of them. you know, I'm managing the day-to-day operations, the finances. Can you yeah. use any of that? My immediate answer is going to be yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know we ha- we have situations now where we're we're building uh we're building communities communities of of advisors communities of councils mm-hmm. uh whether it be in in you know general everyday uh business operation business uh a business specific um, might be that both of you are involved in you know we we have i've got seven families right now with uh, with various projects across the world that are logistically involved in land acquisition, mm. land development,
2: now we talk business
1: renovation, and so I mean that's that's flip Stephen switch immediately. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm <laughs> you know, so if so if you're let's say you're a land developer here in the U.S. or or maybe you're a real estate agent. Yeah. Or, or maybe, you know, you're a, you've got a construction business or you've been involved in home renovations. Mm. All of those things have attributes that can easily speak into the situation. So if you've got a missionary who's never been involved in those type of things, but God has called them to say, uh, purchase a building and mm-hmm. plant a church and this yeah. building is a, is a warehouse or a shell, or maybe they just have a piece of property they need to purchase and they need to build out, but they've never done that before. Think of the strength of having Mm. a community of men and women who have experienced those things already and can advise that missionary from the ground up, causing them not to stumble and make mistakes, causing Mm. them to to be able to deal with landowners or make purchases and be able to negotiate purchases, uh, how to buy materials. Yes, materials are different in different areas of the world, but here's here's a, for instance, I, we have one of our, our longstanding missionaries who um, who's from Nepal, and he has a, a couple of orphanages in Kathmandu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one orphanage was devastated from the earthquake that happened several years ago. So he took the opportunity not only to rebuild the orphanage, but to put a fourth floor on this three-story building, also to do some... Um, some drainage uh, around it. He had some, he had some flooding issues. Well, we got, we got instruction from those that know those, those type of things back in the States and watched the development and the, the, the restructuring of this uh, orphanage go in record time.
0: Wow.
1: So we, we had income that needed to be, Needed to be uh, taken care of. Mm-hmm. We had actual on-the-ground needs of how to go about this so that mistakes weren't made, and we brought a community of people together that answered all of those. Mm. And in record time, that was completed, even in the middle of 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 material shortages due to COVID and wow. you know uh, all the things that went along with that.
0: Mm. That's so good. Wow. I don't know if that answer your question. No, it totally does. Cause I can hear, <laughs> I can imagine somebody listening to this, getting all excited. Like, wow, I can actually take this and I, I could get on a call with a development director and he's not even going to ask me for money. He's going to want to know about where I want to have my, have an impact and I can actually give my time and my knowledge. And I'd say that's worth way more than
2: in you know, a monetary gift. Um,
0: absolutely. That was so crazy valuable.
2: So that's- that was my biggest takeaway from this whole process that we've been on. This journey was like, Oh, my experience, my knowledge is hugely valuable. I think yeah. on some of those early calls, especially with Scott, just going like, I don't, I feel uncomfortable. Like I, I, I want to say something, but it doesn't quite feel like the right. Like I don't know what I'm really being asked to be on here, but being able to talk to Scott, just go like, Hey, <laughs> I don't feel called to give, but I do feel like. These are my concerns. Here are questions that I have. And Scott just laying it on me, like, this is what we're bringing you in for. We're not bringing you here to be a bank. We're here to tap into your knowledge, your expertise, your information. Like, this is what we want you to be a part of. I was like, oh, this is so wildly different. Like It it, it does seem even more interesting for you to say, like, when you go to sleep at night, these are all the things that you're impacting. You're impacting across the world. Like, I, I always feel like I should be a missionary going But I don't feel called to do that, but I do feel called to business. But now to be able to tap back into those knowledge and experiences that actually have an impact on the rest Mm -hmm. of the world is like one extremely exciting, fun, exciting is like beyond the word that I can even (laughs) think of. But it's just like not thinking about it and then you being able to unlock that door and then just like, oh, from the gifts that I've been giving, I can actually have an impact is Mm -hmm. wild. And it seems very interesting That's not like talked about more. Just in the church, it just seems like there's a huge asset sitting that are being untapped mm. that I think that I'm so hoping fun. that these conversations mm. kind of let other people see like, oh, I, I want to be a part of that. Why can't I? Nothing's stopping you. If you have any experience doing anything, get on some calls, have some conversations, because I think the information, the expertise is way more valuable than the dollars.
1: Mm. Well, biblically, we're, we're all commanded as believers. To proclaim the gospel, to spread the gospel, to to expand the kingdom. I mean, we we can go into the scriptures and and see that, but some are called to go, yeah, you know, to the the far reaches of the of the world. Others are called to send or support. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we know that again, and in, and in, in, you know, in the in Paul's work, you know, he's he's showing how how he and others were called to go out, but there were those that were supporting him. Yeah. Unfortunately, we as the church have, have limited the ability for the support and the sending. We've limited to, to finances only. Mm. And those are needed and those are good. And I, I certainly don't want to stop those pipelines that are piece of the pie, them. but not the whole pie. But that's not all of it. You know, our su- yeah. our support is in every area that God has, has given us. Mm. You know, if we only will open up our minds, our spirit to, to ask the Lord about creative ways of expanding his kingdom, he'll let us know this is just this is just one of, of the areas yeah. what is it that he wants you to do in your own town your jerusalem what you know yeah. what is it that he wants you to do through again the things that he's already putting in hand? he may ask you to financially support something and i guarantee you at some point that he will because it's just part of the sacrifice that we we give the lord through others
0: mm-hmm. but
1: that doesn't always have to just be a monetary sacrifice yeah your time your experience your knowledge mm. What do you have that you can give and dedicate to the Lord? Mm. What has He blessed you
0: with? That's good. For some of the obviously, we talked about you know, your missionary couple that started at, at, at a uh, hostel and then now have a bakery. Um, what are some other ideas? Let's say I'm a missionary and like I, I'm I'm not a baker. Um, that they're <laughs> excited about this new opportunity. Like, wow, I could actually have a business. Are there ideas that you've had for some of these missionaries you've talked to that maybe they haven't grabbed a hold of that you think they could do or just any other ideas that you're seeing missionaries do that are bringing in income? Let
1: me talk about about one that I I have to say this was not my idea, but I've been able to speak into it. We have uh, have a couple that was originally um, called to and sent out to a sensitive area of the globe and the government began um, restrictions in a very, very heavy manner and were actually um, closing the doors for missionaries to be there. And so they had to leave the country. And so they came back to America for a short time and and basically licked their wounds and regroup. Um, Working with GLOBE, uh, they decided to go back out in the field to a different area of the world. They're they're in Thailand right now. And um, they found themselves working along Side of some Thai folks that they befriended and, and had a relationship with. With at that time, were not believers, um, since have become so. But this particular group of people were working with a um, uh, a number of horses and other farm animals that they were using for uh, for those that were were coming out of the sex trade
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and needing to have. Some therapy, and so these were therapy animals. Wow. Uh, it also gave the opportunity for several of those to have jobs and helping take care of the animals, which expanded also into um, raising some uh, some things on their little small farm on uh, the agricultural industry, you know, farmers market type of thing as well as providing for them. Well that's continued to expand and just over the, this past year they've realized that this is an industry that is so needed in their area that they are purchasing a piece of property. Mm -hmm. Um, They are expanding this model to have more therapy animals. They're creating more jobs for locals and those that are being healed out of this model, but they're also expanding into, and I know this is a crazy thing. My wife would love this, but this is, you know, I love to camp, Uh but they're creating a glamp, (laughs) ground
0: in thailand that's awesome
1: these these are high-end campsites with all the amenities and uh people are now wanting to desire to come in to sign up and and be on the property they have it separated well enough that they have the therapy side of it and the glamp ground um so it's it's a beautiful area in the mountains Mm. of of kong thailand and they are they're using the business model as their as their outreach wow. and also their income
0: oh my goodness plus
1: they are seeing lives changed yeah. um, in their particular area those coming out of the sex trade is not 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 you know horribly difficult as it would be say in the ukraine or moldova mm-hmm. but the problem is it is so prevalent that if they're is even healing out of that particular um, that particular atrocity, uh, it's very easy to slip back into it because yeah. the money's there yeah. and they don't have another industry, another type of job. They're providing those jobs on a wide scale so that those coming out have something that they can put their hands to That's that awesome. is out of what they knew in their past lives. And wow. this is not just
0: women, mm. it's men. Really? It's wow. children. Wow. Wow. Do you feel like a missionary has to be entrepreneurial to start a business, or could they simply um, start something and hire a local to kind of manage it and and run the thing?
1: I think my answer to your question that I believe that every missionary is entrepreneurial. Yeah,
0: they <laughs> are, aren't they?
1: Because, I mean, it, it takes a special type <laughs> of, of person yeah. to, you know, shut down everything that they've known in their life, whether yeah. they're 18 or 38 or, or beyond, and, uh, and pick up and move to another location in the world and start a life that's completely different from what they've yeah. ever known. That's a bigger risk than I've ever taken in my
0: business.
1: (laughs) That's huge. But I also think, you know, Ryan, I also think this. I I, I think that all of us, all of us as believers, if we profess Christ as our personal Savior and we proclaim that the Holy Spirit lives in us because of him, should not all of us see ourselves as entrepreneurial? Because we are engaged and connected to the most creative mind.
0: That's right. Just got to tap into it don't we absolutely ask mm. wow steven what else you got I, we, you know we we were just in florida a couple of weeks ago and spent eight hours straight with you scott so we uh we don't want to go eight hours here but any other thoughts you want to do with, <laughs> you know, with
1: we totally can do that
0: though couldn't stuff? we, we yeah. could, totally could i have a feeling you're going to be on multiple episodes here as we dive into various subjects
2: you know, I got more questions, but I'll leave them for after. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, okay. So I Scott, just episode. imagine I'll give you the
0: last question here. Just thinking any any other thoughts you have regarding any of the stuff, like, you know, pretend we're on a stage and we're talking to people in ministry that or maybe I like that we went down the business route too, and giving business owners the permission to um to feel like they, they do have something valuable to offer and it's not just their checkbook. Um you know, wrap up like if you were giving a talk to folks in this this crowd here, what would you say to either missionaries, folk, folks in ministry or business owners about the impact they can have?
1: Well, the thing is that, you know, we're again, we're, we're not all called to go, but we are called to proclaim. And so if if your if your position that God has placed you in is to support others. The question you have to ask yourself is, what do I have to give? Yeah, You know, if, if you would like to be involved in supporting missions that are making an impact right now, um, you know, I'd love to have a conversation with you.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, You know, and if, if it's finances, that's fantastic. I, I can help you. I can help you put, designate those and really have an impact. But I would ask you to look at look at what you have in your hand. Ask the Lord, what is it that you've given me? that I can use to see change in the nations. I can see change in the lives of people. You know, we've been talking about different types of businesses, you know, about builders and, and, uh, and restaurant owners and, and, and real estate agents and, you know, those type of things. We, we think about that in business. But what is it, what is it that you have at hand right now? Yeah. You know, are, are, are you involved in theater? Um, do you like to make quilts? Yeah, You know, are are you a a great portrait painter? Do you like to write? You know, all these things can be utilized for the kingdom if we'll only open our minds up to see what the Holy Spirit wants to direct us in. Mm -hmm. Whatever that gifting is, whatever that passion is, whatever that talent is. I mean, if you are the world's most, you know, creative scrapbooker, if you like to go to garage sales every Saturday and that's uh-huh. your thing, I can guarantee you that somewhere in the middle of that passion mm-hmm. and those abilities, God can utilize the, utilize those to change the nations. Wow. It's just opening your spirit up and having conversations with people like Ryan mm-hmm. and Stephen
0: mm-hmm. and
1: myself to say, how can I use this for the kingdom of God?
0: Mm. I love that. So, what uh, do you want people to like email you if they want to have a conversation?
1: If they like, I certainly don't mind them having my email address. Perfect.
0: And that's just <laughs> Scott at globeintl.org. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. And that's
1: if you'd amazing. like to check out Globe International, this 50 year old missions agency, it is globe, dot org, And uh, we would love for you just to go and investigate us and take a look at. Um, our list of missionaries, most of them are on there. Again, there are some that are sensitive areas of the world that can't, but it tells a lot about who we are, what Mm -hmm. we do. And one of the the last thing I'll say is this. One of the things that I really love is because we're an independent missions organization, we don't have restrictions on you being involved or the missionaries as to them being a part of GLOBE. Mm -hmm. We are a Bible-believing from Genesis to Revelation organization and it has to line up with the word of God. We're not a cult. You know, we don't have some kind of fractions out there, but we have missionaries from various backgrounds. We have, we have missionaries that have come out, come out of the Pentecostal charismatic renewal. We have those, uh, those that have been part of the Southern Baptist commission, uh, commission, uh, Southern Baptist convention. We have people that have been, you know, you know, Methodist in the, in the past or currently again, Bible believing from cover to cover. The interpretation of that is left to the Lord. Uh, a dear friend of mine, Luis Palau, who many of your audience will know, who's going on to be with the Lord, who was Billy Graham's Spanish interpreter for a number of years. I always love what Luis used to say. He would say there is but one gospel, one good news, one message. You don't change it. You don't add to it. You don't take away. But there are multiple expressions.
0: Mm. Amen. And so that's
1: exactly what we're talking about today, the spreading of the gospel so with the
0: whole gospel mm. unchanged. But how do we deliver it? Mm. Love it. Scott, thank you for being on with us. Well, thank you thanks on again. for having me. or see you next time.